0: Hello and welcome to the next great car era, a podcast by EV tuners. I'm your host, Daniel Martin, and today I'm joined by Ryan Christopher, or as many of you know him on Instagram, stuck in the 90s. Ryan is somewhat of a legend with a 90s car collection containing a Supra, an RX7, a GTR, and an NSX. He also owns a Tesla Model S plaid and a Model X, and he takes all of his cars to the local drag strip. Ryan's most recent project, though, has been a second Supra, and this time he rebuilt it with a Tesla motor and battery pack. After that success, and true to the Supra name, he is now rebuilding its next iteration to unlock more speed and performance. In this episode, we discuss how Ryan got interested in cars, the details of the Supra build, his goals for the second version, and the EV community that's growing so fast. Hear all that and more right now. Enjoy! Ryan, thanks so much for carving the time out of the day and chatting with me. Maybe before we dive into it, could you uh, give us a little bit of info and background about, about yourself?
1: Yeah, um, my name is Ryan Christopher. Uh, I live on the big island of Hawaii. Um, I have a background in commercial real estate. I get a lot of people asking me Oh, you know, are you an electrical engineer or automotive background? And nope, I don't have any background in either one of those. Um, just somebody who's determined, and uh, when I put my mind to something i I don't like to give up, so.
0: Well, I can imagine that uh, in real estate, there's some, some amount of project management, right? Keeping all of the plates spinning. And that's also helpful when building cars because there's so many components. So maybe we'll see that's the connection.
1: Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> uh,
0: so speaking of cars, you have like w- an awesome collection. Um, help me out. What Where where is it landed now? There's at least a handful that I know about.
1: Yeah, um, I have. I started off, uh, you know, with the JDM stuff that was my initial interest. So, I have a Mark 4 Supra, uh also a original uh, NSX, uh R34 Skyline, FD RX7, also have a Nissan Skyline Hakosuka, which is the 70s Nissan Skylines. Oh, cool. Um and then uh the EV Supra uh, Model X that my wife drives and uh, a plaid that I drive.
0: Do you like all of these cars equally in their own way, or do you have some favorites?
1: Uh, yeah, I definitely have some favorites. They, you know, they do things differently. Um, I like to try to. I tell people, um, I don't want a hamburger every day, right? Every now and then, you want a hot dog or yeah. something else, right? So they they all do different things. They all have strengths and weaknesses. Um, so it, it's nice to have an assortment.
0: Definitely, right? Uh, right tool for the right job or right car for the right day. Absolutely. The um the the Nissan the seventies one that's a bit of an outlier. Are you kind of venturing into being stuck in the seventies or?
1: <laughs> I get accused more of not being stuck in the nineties anymore. <laughs> Uh, people saying that I've, you know, lost my roots and that sort of thing. Uh-uh. stuff. Um, but I checked kind of all the boxes of the nineties cars that I absolutely felt like I needed. There's definitely still a lot of nineties cars that I love that I would enjoy having. But uh, the, the return on investment at this point in buying another car is just It's getting hard to justify having to, you know, pay to register and insure the vehicles and um, maintain them with how little I get to drive them and you go and add another vehicle. So I'm probably done adding cars, but uh, yeah, I I do love a lot of 70s stuff. I would love an old uh, uh, Z, like a 240 or 280 Z. Yeah. But I think at this point, probably not.
0: Yeah. For sure. So in case for those who don't know, and this will be in the show notes and everything, um, your Instagram handle is stuck in the nineties. So so that's Correct. that's the joke there. Yeah. Most people are going, why, why, why do you laugh so much at that? Yeah, that's why I'm simple humor.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah.
0: Um, I'd like to hear how you got into this hobby, but beforehand, um, speaking of all of these different cars and different types of driving and and um choosing what you're going to do that particular day. What do you participate in with, with these cars? Are just joy riding, or do you go to racetrack or car shows, a little bit of everything? What are you taking these these awesome machines out for?
1: Yeah, I definitely try to do everything uh, that's, that's out there available. Uh, living on the big island of Hawaii does make it a little bit harder. Um, we do luckily have a drag strip and a very small SCCA course okay. on, um, but that's it. We don't have a big road course or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely do a fair amount of drag racing, SCCA racing. Uh, if, if I can find a street race, I might, uh, participate in that as well. Um, under the right circumstances, um, also do a lot of, uh, events here. They do a lot of cruises. Um and also shows, cars and coffees, that sort of thing. They're smaller here, um, just because it's a smaller population, but sure. there's a really good community here of, of car people. Everybody has to kind of stick together considering there's not a ton of cars.
0: Yeah, that kind of sounds like uh, sounds like a good community though. Cars and it coffee is. is like the I think the, the cream of the crop when it comes to events because it seems like they tend to be a little bit more collaborative and collegial than like a competitive car show or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, we don't get any competitive car shows on Big Island that I'm aware of. Those are mostly over on Oahu. Mm. Uh, but the the car shows that we have here are really nice cuz they're very family friendly. There's a ton of vendors and just local food and it it's much more of a family event than what I'm used to. Back when I lived on the mainland where it's a a car show and, you know, maybe there's some merchandise sales, but that's about it. It's really strictly the cars here. They're selling, you know, all sorts of homemade food and soaps and clothes and, you know, just all these pop-up vendors. So it it makes it fun to be able to go with the family and walk around and look at that stuff instead of of just cars. Because when you live on the island for a couple of years... You've kind of seen most of the cars that are here. There's you know not many new ones that pop.
0: <laughs> I'm sold. That sounds like an awesome yeah, event. Yeah, it's nice. I imagine that the uh the, the cruises are pretty nice too, since <laughs> Hawaii is known to be quite gorgeous. I mean yeah, you can ask for a it, better It's uh, it's hard to
1: find a place on this island that isn't beautiful.
0: <laughs> so then getting into the collection, what was the yeah. genesis of? of the nineties cars for you? How'd you get into it? So when I was,
1: I wanna say about 14, my older brother, who's about 10 years older than me, took me for a ride in his Mark III Supra. And it was the first time I'd ever been in a a Supra. And boy, he just about killed us in that thing. (laughs) It was an amazing ride. And when I got home and after, you know, I kind of calmed down, and I was thinking, man, that, that was awesome. Um, I better not let my parents find out about that ride, but yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He, he,
1: he didn't know what he was doing. Um, or maybe he did, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> scary ride. It was a lot of fun, but it definitely sparked my interest in turbo cars and, mm-hmm. you know, specifically Supras. Um, so that's, that's kind of where it started.
0: Cool. And it just went from there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, when I, my first few cars, I, I messed around with some trucks and some Hondas and it was always, you know, lifted or lower it. Um, but nothing, nothing too much. Um, yeah, I was keeping it relatively stock. Um, nothing too wild, not really messing with motor stuff that was above my abilities. And my both physically and financially. And yeah, then I got out of it for a while, um, and worked on business and family stuff and then ventured back into it about 10 years ago when I tracked down my Supra that I, the 2JZ Supra that I have right now, not the EV one.
0: Yeah. So that, that was the beginning of the collection.
1: Yeah. That was the first car I picked up. It was about, uh, um,
0: 11 years ago now. Cool. Then when did uh, EVs blip on your radar?
1: Uh, When the Model S came out, you know, I think maybe this is just my opinion, but I think before it was, if you drove an EV, it had to be ugly and slow. That's (laughs) what EVs were. And when when the Model S came along, it was like, wow, this is a good looking car. And it's quick. Mm -hmm. That got my attention. And then we purchased our first Tesla about five or six years ago. We purchased a used uh p eighty five, and I loved it. it. It's just they're amazing daily vehicles that also you know will will hold their own on a on a track against other stock vehicles,
0: yeah. What about the Roadster that came before the S? Had you seen that at all?
1: I had never seen one in person. I definitely heard about it online and seen some pictures of it, but I had never seen one in person. And probably back then I wouldn't have been able to tell the difference between that and a Lotus anyways. Yeah. Heard it since they're, you know, very similar.
0: Exactly. Yeah. The Model S is for me as well. That's when... Yeah, actually started seeing the Teslas around.
1: Yeah. Yep. Just a finally a a good looking EV, and you really couldn't argue with the performance of them. You know, I, I really didn't think there was any major downside to them, unless you're, you know, one of these people that need to travel long distances across the country. At that time, you know, that was tough. It's a different way yeah. now.
0: Yeah, not so not so much of an issue now. It just takes a little yep. bit longer
1: yeah, just a little bit, a little bit of planning.
0: Yeah. But like you were referencing earlier, right car for the right drive as well. Like if you don't want to spend that extra time, then that's the time to take, you know, the, the Supra or the Skyline or whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, and the truth is is I don't want to, I don't want to drive any of those cars more than an hour or two anyways. They are (laughs) uncomfortable. Um, so I have no, no interest in taking any of those cars for a really long drive that the Tesla really does that. And the truth is, most of these new Teslas with, you know, 300 400 miles worth of range. That's what four hours of driving I, I yeah. want out for half an hour 45 minutes after driving that far maybe I'm getting old but um, after that amount of driving I want to stretch my legs get something to eat, use the restroom so Um, I clearly, I don't run into that living on an Island here. I've never once used a public charging station in the five years I've owned, uh, an EV. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Just charge it from home. And it does, I've actually tried to use a couple charging stations just to top off when I go down to drag race and I can't figure out how to use them. It's too confusing. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe it's, uh, maybe it's cause it's a shell, a shell, uh, one and they're, they're making it harder. I don't know, but, uh.
0: Not a Tesla. Out. Not a Tesla supercharger.
1: They don't have any uh, supercharging stations on the Big Island. I think they might have one or two over on Oahu, but not on Big Island.
0: Huh. That's surprising. Someone yeah. needs to tweet Elon that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the uh, to be honest, I've never used a non-Tesla charger either. Okay. The Tesla chargers are easy because it is attached to your account and you yes. take the charger okay. out and you just press the, the go button and it opens the door, plugs it in and charges your card. So you don't Good have to, to mess with it. Don't have yeah. to like create an account and log in the credit card or anything like that. Probably we'll have to do it eventually, but.
1: Yeah. yeah these ones that we have here, you know, you got to download the app and put a credit card on it. And then there has to be some sort of handshake between the charger and your car. And that's where I always end up with the issue. It starts to charge for about two seconds and then it disconnects. And, um, I, I've kind of given up at this point. I'm still hoping to, you know, I, I have given up as far as needing to charge. I, we don't need to charge. I just plan ahead and charge a car up if I'm going for a long drive, but yeah. Linda, be able to top off maybe at another Tesla owner's house or something like that, uh, before I drag race. Cause the track is, uh, about an hour away from me. So every time I go down to drag race, the plaid, I'm already down, um, you know, 50 or 60 miles of range, which I've heard hurts your time. So a
0: little bit, I yeah. understand that as well. What, uh, what time are you getting in the, in the plaid? How is that drag racing?
1: Uh the best I've gotten so far is a nine two eight at 153 miles an hour. That's cooking. Yeah, it's it's definitely moving. Um I've I've got a couple tricks up my sleeve here. I'm trying to get it into the eights. I think uh the last time I took it out, it it was spinning the tires, which it never did before. It always hooked really nicely. So I took a bunch of weight out of the car and now it's spinning the tires. So I'm hoping here in the next couple weeks to get some VHT on the tires. I'm still trying to run the stock tires on it. I'd like to be able to run run an eight on stock tires, um, aftermarket wheels, but stock tires. So the track's going to allow us to spray VHT on the tires and we're going to run it and hopefully can get it into the eights.
0: Yeah. So this is a newbie question, but what's VHG? Uh, VHT, oh, it's a VHT.
1: sticky compound that they spray on the drag strip. You normally see them spraying oh, yeah. track. Um, but some I've, I've heard different things as far as if tracks care, if you spray it on your tires or not ahead of time, but we've asked and they're cool with it here. They're pretty laid back. Good people that run the drag strip. Everybody wants to see everybody run fast. So as long as everybody's being safe, they're, they're fine with it. So yeah. do. Okay. Add some stickiness to uh, get the car out of the hole without spinning.
0: Yeah. I've only ever seen that stuff on the track itself. Yeah. I've never yeah. thought about spraying it directly to the tires, but oh. it makes sense. So I'm assuming, and tell me if this is, is not how it went, but I'm assuming that at some point you were driving that P85 and you're, you're going, this is pretty fast. This is pretty cool. And then you see another Supra and you connect the dots. And think maybe I could combine these two. Is that kind of how it happened? And
1: yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I you know, like I said, the Supra was my first love. Um and then when we got this P eighty five, I love I love that thing. You know, mm. just the looks, but the performance, the instant torque that they have. You know, if if you the the people in the Supra community know, you know, a lot of these guys like me run a big turbo on that car and yeah. they're Aggie, you know, you really have to, to wait for the power or, you know, be in the right gear and the right RPM to not have the lag. So to drive something that at any RPM that has really RPM, well, the motor does have RPM.
0: Yeah.
1: uh, At any speed you can punch it and the car immediately responds. You don't have to downshift or anything like that. Um, I kind of looked at it and said, man, it's, Kind of I, I want to take the best from both of these cars and combine them. I, I love the body of the Supra. I love the instant torque of the Tesla. I don't like the weight of the Tesla. I like the weight of the Supra. So let's let's combine this and get the best of everything and leave the shortcomings behind. That's kind of how it started. And I was just looking for, you know, a project, most of my cars um well especially when i lived back on the mainland um they were shop built cars and the shops were doing a lot of my maintenance once i moved out here um, i had to take over a lot of that stuff so it's been a bit of a learning curve for me um, but i wanted to do something on my own i wanted to do a build of my own for once you hear so many people talk about this uh built not bought that's yeah. a Phrase I hear a lot and I still don't get it because now I've bought a number of cars and I've built a car and I'll buy one any day <laughs> building one. I don't know what the guys that are bragging about that they built it over buying it because it is a headache. I, I I get the um the sense of accomplishment that comes with building something stuff. Yeah. So I I can totally respect that, but the headaches that come with it, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know
0: if it's worth it. You know, I can totally relate with that. I um, I used to work on my own car. I back uh, some years ago, I had a Turbo Eclipse, like a two G, the yes. all wheel drive g s I love those. Yeah. it was really fun when it was running. Yes. Not reliable, and uh, yeah. But I learned everything i know about mechanics by forums and and working on that car starting with like changing my own oil ultimately new turbo new long block all building the driveline so learned a lot and i discovered that i didn't really enjoy the mechanics like some people did and i think it's just some people love the erector set you know they love to get in there and manipulate the components and that's what gets them most excited for me, at this point in my life, I've discovered that I love the driving more than the wrenching. And so yeah, I would be perfectly I'm, happy to to buy as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm 100% on board with you. Yeah, there's a lot of those guys that say like, oh, my garage is my Zen place and my peaceful place. Like, there's nothing peaceful about <laughs> it. You know, I'm that guy going out there thinking I have a 30-minute project ahead of me. And four hours later, I've got... Yeah way more things torn apart and you know i'm ripping my hair out so
0: i'm so impressed by those guys that that can do that though i was uh, interviewing um the folks from evolve racing a couple weeks ago and uh um keith in in that episode he's just like yeah you know i don't really track or write things down i just kind of build it in my head and i go out and i and i do it Mm -hmm. i'm just like Lord, like man, yeah. that's such a skill, and I do absolutely,
1: <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I would love to to have that skill.
0: That's all right. We all, we all, we all uh, bring something to the table, and um, sometimes putting all the pieces together, right? Uh, that may be not my skill, but it's. Ha- I'm glad to know there are people like that, and they can look at me when I try and go, "No, that's wrong." And I go, "Okay." Yeah. So the super build though, um what sort of components did you put together? What did you how did you decide to to go about I mean there's batteries, there's motors, there's controllers, battery Yeah, motors. so
1: when when I started the project it was probably I'm guessing close to 3 years ago now. Okay. Um I just started kind of reaching out to different shops that were doing this, you know, like EV West, uh, TV, those type of shops, and I, I told them like, hey, I'm looking to, to do this swap. Um, it has to be fast. That's kind of my thing. I can't, you know, you can't electric swap a Supra and have it be slow. You know, the Supras have a history and uh, of being fast. Yeah. People think of fast cars. You know, when they think of a Supra, they think of a fast car. So. I said it had to be fast. That's kind of my, my number one goal. I'm willing to sacrifice other things as long as it's fast. And ultimately, um, Matt at stealth EV worked with me and put me a package together for the performance large drive unit out of an S or an X and a 90 kilowatt uh, pack out of uh, an S or an X as well. And then we went with an Orion BMS to control it um matt's um d c to d c converter charger, and you know, just it all showed up as a package. He built me basically a package. He's like, you know, here's everything you need all the you know, all the wiring, um all the harnesses that I would need, contactors, you know he knows his stuff. that guy is smart. he's super super busy, so he's hard to get support from um but he's he's been around this stuff, I would say, you know, longer than most people. Cool. So he knows his stuff and yeah, he built me kind of, a, a as much of a turnkey package, I think, as you can get, um, and sent it all in a box. And we started cutting up the rear end of the car to, you know, we actually, instead of a lot of guys, will just use the drive unit. Um, we actually ordered the whole rear subframe okay. from, from a model S or X and place the whole subframe up under there. Kind of like Kevin with the, it mm-hmm. did. Um, cause it seemed like the path of easy the path of least resistance for us. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's the really the best way to do it. I think probably mounting the motor up under there is with, you know, with a custom subframes, probably the better way to do it, but it was what we could do. So that's. Yeah. that's uh, we went. Uh, the down. The major downside is it just really made the the Supra wider than I really wanted to be, because the the Model SX is that subframe is about six inches wider than the stock Supra one is. So you have to pick up six inches, which we've done with a wide body kit and then um, messing with the offset of the wheels.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah that's quite a bit. Yeah, you were able to manage it yeah yeah um i'm curious did you run into issues getting the the batteries shipped i was talking to another uh couple couple folks who are doing ev builds in uh in hawaii i'm not sure if it's the same island but they had a tough time getting the batteries
1: it's The first two times I didn't have any trouble, Matt shipped them to me with no issues. And then I bought some batteries for a guy that I was repairing his um, EV bug that he's on island here. And um, we had to replace his battery pack. He had five Tesla modules. And I was working with um, a company out of Phoenix and they shipped batteries over no problem. I recently tried to buy some new batteries for the Supra um as an upgrade and through ev west and they said well we can't ship those to hawaii so um i i guess there is some some companies that are having an issue but um i just found i reached out to it's like associated logic i think is the name of the company um but they they had they can they said oh yeah we can ship these i said okay they're Use lithium ion batteries out of a car. I'm sure, there's no issue. And uh, they said no problem. So um, I think you they just have to do a little bit more digging. It can definitely be done.
0: Interesting. Well, that's that's good to know for anyone who's listening who might be in that situation. It maybe isn't a, isn't a complete log jam. There's a way, you just have to dig a bit.
1: Yeah, it's like anything else. You know, if you if you have the money and you're determined, you can do it. That's that's how this car exists.
0: And so you put it all together and it's driving, it's rolling, it's running. It's been fun. How was it?
1: Yeah, it, it, it was doing all those things. It's not now, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, um, it took probably, I'd say about a year for me to to get it moving under its own power. And man, that was an exciting moment. The first time I still have it in my garage. I have a big whiteboard where I I keep track of everything that I'm working on and we still have the date written on there and the time that, uh, that car moved under its own power for the first time. So it was, it was super exciting. Um, I took it and did an SCCA event with it and have done a, a little bit of back road driving, definitely not as much driving as I should have. Um, but I was having a little bit of trouble getting full power, well, I shouldn't say a little bit of trouble. I could not get full power out of the batteries to the drive unit. There was some issue with the BMS. I'm assuming I, Orion was having trouble figuring it out. They couldn't figure out why. Um, mm. Wanted me to purchase some additional equipment to try to troubleshoot it, and I was kind of thinking, you know, I'm just ready to kind of move on to the next step. But uh, yeah, I think we put a few hundred miles on it. It should have been more than that, but those few hundred miles were nothing but smiles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, anybody that's kind of an EV hater and thinks that they don't have emotion or anything like that. It's like, you know, ride with me Mm -hmm. and try not to smile and, you know, grab onto the door bar (laughs) because you will be. And, you know, I know some, some gas guys here that are, you know, OG gas guys and they go in it and they've driven it and, They came back with big smiles on their face and, and can appreciate, you know, the strengths that an EV has, especially when it's a powerful, lightweight EV.
0: You're kind of paying, paying it forward from the experience your brother put you through, right? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, you know,
1: I I like to, I I like to try to steer the conversation on EVs to facts. Instead of so much, you know, people repeating something that they hear on the internet, you know, and they didn't experience it firsthand. My, I have no problem with people disliking EVs. Um, I just want them to have that opinion based on their own experiences. Because um, I don't like every car out on the road, but I shouldn't something unless I at least give it a shot, give it a chance. So, yeah, I, I've definitely gone out of my way at a lot of the cars and coffee events here Um, I've told people, Hey, come find me at the cars and coffee event and I'll take you for a ride in in this car or in the plaid and form your own opinion for better or worse. You don't like it. Feel free to tell me, but
0: yeah,
1: it's hard not to like something that's fast, whether it's gas powered, electric powered, whatever, whatever powers it. If it's fast, it interests me. Other people I get need, maybe they need more. Um, but yeah, to me, (laughs) it's kind of a one, one thing if it's fast i'm excited about
0: it heck yeah that's exactly the same kind of position that that i'm at as well i respect all different types of cars and it's really cool and and whatnot but at the end of the day i like driving and performance yeah that check the evs check the box there
1: they do yeah yeah.
0: there's a lot of like false sort of choices that are put out there like this or that and it's like no it doesn't have to be any of that just just drive what you're enjoying. Have fun. Go fast. Take it right yeah. to the track. Take it to car shows. Have uh, have a good time. Yep. So, um, what about the weight? You added a bunch of batteries into the super. did it? You said it's lightweight still. How? I mean, did you gain any weight at all?
1: I would say it's lightweight compared to when you compare it to a Tesla. Yeah. Uh, the last time I weighed it with all the batteries in it with it running it weighed 3600 pounds a stock mark wow. for um in the configuration this was this was um a twin turbo 6-speed car so i think they're at like 3450 stock so 150 pounds heavier than stock um it is a gutted car but it has a very um involved cage in it for racing so there's a bin mm-hmm. there but i think what your t- typical Model S or Model X is, you know, flirting with like 5,000 pounds now, right? Yeah. So to be at 3,600, I was, I was pretty happy about that.
0: That's really good. Yeah. Uh, do you have the full pack in there?
1: Yeah. There's a 90 kilowatt pack in there. The car doesn't have a lot of creature comforts like, you know, a lot of other guys are doing. There's okay. no C in there or heat. I don't need that. We're in Hawaii. Um, So don't have that. Um, didn't have power steering on it. Um, it'd be nice to have power steering. I would admit that, but it's not something I have a couple of my other um car, my 90s cars don't have power steering. The NSX didn't come with it, and the RX 7 is LS swap, so it doesn't have power steering either. So I'm kind of used to the car a little bit. It's not that big of a deal to me, but I think. In this next go around, we will probably add power steering to it. But yeah, have, you know, losing those things and along with the interior really cut down on the weight.
0: Yeah, I want to get into the to the next round. But as a lead into that, any lessons learned in those 300 miles or in the assembly, you know, what we're driving towards here is you're rebuilding it but yeah. I'm really curious what what are the things that you noticed that made you go all right I need to I need to like kind of go back to the drawing board a little bit and and do this differently.
1: You know I'd say there's nothing really major that stands out to me is like oh I really wish this was done differently. I made a you know a ton of mistakes. They were all I think mistakes that are reasonable for a newbie, which is what I was sure experience in this normal mistakes that they would make. I had a lot of frustrating mistakes that where we lost a month or two at a time over something insanely stupid, like the car would not charge for a while. Um, Like the DC to DC converter charger was not working to charge the 12 volt battery while you were driving. So we could plug the car in and charge it but as the car ran it would draw down the 12 volt system and we couldn't figure out why you know i put my voltmeter on it i'm testing everything it looks fine and it came down to a bad circuit breaker and when you put the voltmeter on it it would test just fine like it was it was working but i guess under a load it would fail but it wouldn't open the breaker um, so you didn't know it failed. And the only way I finally found out after um you know, a month or two of replacing wires and you know, I was about to replace the charger itself, which is an expensive component. Um yeah. Matt at Stealthy B finally said, you know, oh, you know, what kind of breaker do you have on there? And I told him I he's like, Well, I heard somebody got one of those off Amazon and had an issue with it. So just bypass it with with a wire. Just like that, it worked, you know. Yeah. $20 circuit breaker that something internal and in it's messed up. So it's such an easy fix, but you lose a month or two and probably a couple of years off my life <laughs> of stress trying to figure out something so stupid. Um, and an experienced person probably would have, you know, I, I reached out to Matt about it. And that was, you know, one of the first things he threw out there after I had, you know, had all this trouble with it. So, you know, somebody with some experience you know, it's, it's so valuable. Right. And yeah. I learned a lot of those things the hard way. Um, but yeah, my, my biggest, I guess, learning process, I, I learn by doing things. I, I hate researching, which mm-hmm. in this instance is tough because you're really trying to figure out how to do these things when there's not, it's getting a lot better. But three years ago, when I started doing this, there were very few people doing it. Um, yeah. finding that information was really tough, but it was a lot of kind of trial and error. Um, a lot, a lot of hours in the garage, figuring things out after, you know, getting it wrong a few times.
0: Well, you put in the time, that's for sure.
1: I most certainly have
0: stupid, simple.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, uh, that's that's it. Like I said, that's how I do things. I, I don't want to spend all these hours researching. And, and sometimes, of course, you have to. And it is the better way. But my my way is just kind of get in there and figure it out and refuse to give up.
0: That that grit is uh, is admirable. Yeah. So what are you getting in there and doing now? It's uh, back up on stands. Yep, yep. It's pretty much all stripped down
1: now. Nothing is left inside the car. We we did recently just paint the outside of the car, and now um, we kind of got three things on the plate right now. We stripped everything out of the inside of the car and kind of getting that ready for paint. Um, Then the front of the car, we're setting up... um, We're going to add another large drive unit another performance large drive unit to the front and power the front wheels um okay but it's not fast um i'm sure a lot of people that are you know into four or five hundred horsepower cars you know something like that would say yeah this is this is a fast car it's it's not it's no slouch but um anybody that's ridden in a you know like a p85 knows that okay yeah this is pretty quick out of the hole and then around 60 it definitely starts to fall off mm-hmm. um as far as lighter but it definitely you still feel that fall off at 60. um i think a lot of that's the the battery sag that you see with these tesla packs yeah so we are adding another performance large drive unit to the to power the front wheels and um we're Basically replacing everything. I, I don't think at this point, the only thing that I think we are keeping from the original setup is, you know, we're not touching the rear subframe and large drive unit back there besides switching out the, uh, inverter board. It has one of the uh, stealth EV inverter boards in it, but we'll be switching that out to an AEM um, okay. and then running AEM's VCU 300 to control both drive units. Um, and then, the Orion will still monitor the batteries. Um, but besides that, keeping that Orion and the large drive unit in the back, everything's getting replaced. I, we ripped out all the wiring. I kind of thought, yeah, I can, I've, I figured out how to do this. Now we can do this much cleaner, much more professional. Even all the wiring went. So it's, man, it feels like we're back to where I was two or three years ago, which is a little tough knowing how little we drove it. Yeah. Um, but it, it's hard to, for me to, to drive something when I'm not, like I said, we couldn't get full power out of it, we were getting about 70% power out of it. And, um, I, it just, I, I can't, I have a hard time enjoying it when it's like, this isn't performing optimally. So, you know, why are we, why am I driving it? Either fix it or, you know, don't drive it. Yeah. So we just, to do to me the ultimate fix which is add the extra motor switch out to a much stiffer battery um switch over to all aem stuff and uh you know be able to go real fast
0: yeah so for for perspective though did you take it to the track with just the rear motor and and run it i i took it
1: to the the scca track the little road course that we have um it was a lot of fun there. I did not take it to the drag strip. Okay. I have a drag device. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just used that on the road. And, um, you know, I think I'm trying to remember what it did zero to 60. I want to say it was like a high four second zero to 60 is kind of my recollection. I could be wrong on that, but that was also, I was, like I said, down about I was only able to discharge a thousand amps is what it was limiting me at which that performance drive unit will take 1400 and those batteries will discharge that. Um, so it, it was disappointing being down on the power. So I'm down on power and it was also me kind of rolling into it at the time. It was still fairly new and I was a little bit nervous just to stomp on the accelerator pedal.
0: Yeah. There's configuration and dialing it all in. Um, as yes. Well, right? Yep.
1: Yeah. My, my tuner, um, Ian at uh bend calibration has been the guy for that. Um, he's, he built my other Supra uh, about eight years ago when I blew the motor up in that he rebuilt that car and he does all the tuning for all my other cars. And, uh, he was actually out here visiting me a couple of years ago and I had just bought, um, the Supra, the EV Supra as a rolling shell. And I had just gotten all the stuff from Matt at stealth EV and he didn't really know anything about it. Yes. A lot of my, uh, my buddies, they're Supra buddies. You know, when you're about to EV swap a Supra, you're a little bit nervous to tell them like, Hey, this is what I'm up to. Not sure if they're going to disown you. Um, but most. Awesome. Just they—they're appreciative. They—they like that somebody's still, you know, modifying Supras and that you're doing something different. there's a couple people that are bitter about it, but uh, the way I look at it is, you know, it was a rolling shell. I put another Supra back on the road. I didn't take a a Supra off the road. You know, I put one back on the road. Yeah, with different under different power, but um, yeah, I put it back on the road. But anyways, my tuner was out here um, visiting. And uh, I showed him what I was doing. And to my surprise, he he was all about it. Um, he kind of volunteered to help. I'm not sure he's too happy about volunteering to help <laughs> at this point with how much handholding he's had to do. It's I've relied on him so much. I'd still probably not have the car running uh, if it wasn't for him. So um, he's been, been great to work with. He really understands computers. I do not. Um, so, yeah, just I can't thank him enough for everything that he's done.
0: Big team effort, sounds like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yep.
0: yep. Is there other folks that uh, that have leaned in and helped to, to make this build happen?
1: Yeah, um, it's kind of been an all hands on deck because, like I said, I don't have the experience that a lot of these other EV builders have. Um, you know, some of them, some of these other guys are automotive guys and they're venturing over into the EV space. Um, so they have at least that, that base knowledge, which I I don't have. And then you have other guys that have an electrical background. So I, I felt like I was starting from nothing. So it's definitely been, you know, an all hands on deck sort of thing. Um, I have, like I said, Ian at Ben calibration, who's been, doing so much of the heavy lifting and kind of telling me like, Hey, here's what you need to do. He lives in, um, Oregon. So, you know, there's, it's hard for him to to help, but he, he's kind of saying, Hey, here, here's what needs to happen. And then I got to go out there and actually do all the wiring and everything. Um, but, uh, I also have a couple local guys, um, Mike and Madison key. Those guys have been over here helping me with a lot of the wrenching. Um, also, um, a gentleman named Evan Moniz, um, he's a local guy that does a lot of painting. So he was mm. a lot of time over here recently getting the outside painted and he will be back over here to help, uh, paint the inside now that, uh, it's all cleaned up and, and ready to go. Um, my fabricator, uh, Shane at 207 customs, I'm, I'm not a fabricator. I can barely weld. Um, but luckily I have him and he, you know, I kind of. Take some stuff over to him and say, here's my bad idea. And he said, I will make it happen. So um he's he's been great. Um, also guys like Kevin with Project Electrolyte, Will from Throttle, those guys have been awesome, You know, I, I love the EV space still because everybody wants to see everybody succeed still. I yeah. I hope it doesn't go away. I I feel like it probably will as it gets bigger, but still right now. All these big EV guys still seem to want to help some guy that like me, that has no idea what he's doing. And they're probably, you know, I'm asking questions, and they're probably just shaking their head, going, "Oh, how does this guy not know this?" But they still are willing to help. Um and then a couple other people I want to mention, um the guys at uh, G and J Aircraft in California, those guys um helped me with all my brake setup, mm-hmm. um, building all custom lines for me. Um, the guys at Bulletproof Automotive and Unplugged Performance—they've um, supplied me with body kits and, and other parts. And then uh, finally, um, I just started working with John at Lone Star EV Performance. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but no, uh, I haven't
0: heard yet. Yeah,
1: he's um, an amazing guy. He's kind of the the guy you want to talk to if you want to go real fast in an EV. He has supplied battery packs for all the fastest evs that are out there um he's built a number of um dragsters that are ev powered so guys like steve um and don garlitz they're ev drag racers they've they've got their battery packs from uh john at lone star ev performance so in the last few months as i've been trying to find the right battery to power two tesla large drive units i i spent an enormous amount of hours trying to research all the different batteries. And I've told you before, I don't like doing much research. So right. it was a bit of a challenge. And a lot of the information is not out there. You know, you start looking at these um, Pacifica packs that a lot of people are using. And I, and finding data sheets on those batteries for me was impossible. I don't know if somebody else has them and they, you know, are keeping them in their pocket, sort of thing, but actually finding you know, manufacturer information is really, really hard. Um, and I looked at all this stuff and it was, you know, like I said, pretty frustrating. Um, and right at the end, when we were about to pull, you know, pull the trigger on using the Pacifica batteries, um, I reached out to John at Lone Star EV Performance and he, he's building us a battery pack that is, is going to be a monster. The only downside is it won't have a lot of range, but that's not what I'm doing with this car. You know, it's not, not built to, um, you know, drive around town. It still will. I'll still, it'll probably have a range of about 60 miles, but um, it will be able to power both of these large drive units beyond what they will take. I'll have enough power on tap to control both of those at full power and the pack itself will weigh probably about 400 pounds. So we're, we're dropping 500 pounds worth of weight off our battery pack.
0: Wow!
1: We'll put this car close to three, you know, slightly over 3000 pounds, I think. And, you know, should have all the power that we need.
0: So. You have a benchmark you're trying to hit. I want to run.
1: So (laughs) when we originally built this car, the goal was I want to outrun my other Supra. That okay. was the goal. Um, that other Supra run, the best I've run is a ten eight. Um, so I've done that, um, with just the single motor that, that I had before. Um, so that was the goal putting two motors in, it would have done that easily. But once I picked up a plaid, I was like, well, that's the new goal is now we got to outrun this thing. So, um, hey. yeah, it's got to, this this super is going to have to run into the eights um, to for me to achieve my goal.
0: But if your plaid goes into the eights, then you're moving the mark for yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So
0: it's going it, to have to go the, deeper the plaid- into the eights.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, my plaid, you know, if I'm lucky here, um, we'll find out hopefully at the next drag event, hopefully I can get into the eights. It's not going to go deep into the eights. I think if, if I can get it into the eights, it'll just barely get in there. Um, you know, the Supra with my kind of napkin math, um, will actually have a little bit more horsepower than the plaid does. And it'll also weigh 1500 pounds less. Now, I think the Plaid is probably more efficient um, with all its battery technology as far as cooling and heating the batteries to the optimal level. I'm not running any cooling or heating on the batteries.
0: Really? Um, so
1: ambient temperature. Yeah. Um, so the, I'll, I'll leave a little bit on the table there. There's some definitely some areas where, you know, Tesla knows what they're doing and it'll have some strengths. It'll have. um know better traction as well. I definitely don't think I will be able to give it full power out of the hole. Um, but I'm hoping by at least like the 60 foot, we'll be able to, you know, dial in all the power on the front motor. My 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 guess is we'll be able to give a full power with the rear motor out of the hole, but have to dial it in at about the 60 foot. But that's my tuner's problem. He'll he'll deal with that.
0: <laughs> Are you going to have it set to to kind of have like drag mode? Where it brings the power on in a very specific way to try and get that. But then maybe the the daily mode, uh, if you want to use that 60 miles to get groceries.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and again, that's where the tuning comes into. You hear so much, so many people say, like, oh, you can't tune an EV. It's like, well, that's just not true. Um, you know, there will definitely be some of that. Um, and now that AEM is producing these VCUs, um, you can really start to. to to mess with all that stuff and there's some interesting things that i'm hoping we're going to be able to do like being able to run just one of the drive units like if i take it to an scca day and i want to drift the car a little bit we can disable the front drive unit via the push of a button and just go rear wheel drive um cool yeah. So you'd be using all wheel drive, obviously for the drag strip, but yeah, at SCCA, you know, it's a little bit more fun, I think, to have a rear wheel drive car so you could run it in rear wheel drive or, um, you know, if you want to run it in front wheel drive, you can do that. And I think there is some possibilities um, in, like you said, extending the range for when I drive it on the street of maybe just running one of the drive units. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that would work, but we'll play with it and figure it out. But yeah, um I'm excited for the for the AEM. You know, the using the Orion stuff before with the drive unit, you have very, very little control over the drive unit. Um and with AEM getting on board now, there there's a lot of control over it. I'm hoping to even try to put one of those drive units in in forward and one in reverse and, uh, you know, do a, a burnout watching the car, try to tear itself apart, you know, something crazy like that. So we'll see. I, I think, I don't see why that shouldn't be able to happen. If you're willing to, you know, kind of abuse this stuff a little bit, um, sure. that, that, that you could do it.
0: It's kind of some cool full circle as well, since AEM is well known in the electronics space for controlling ice cars, and I've been yeah. To, there's a lot of AEM computer ECUs in Supras. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I own a couple of them in a couple of my cars. Yeah, so it's kind of kind of cool. Absolutely. Um, for that 60 mile range, that's you think about usable 60 miles. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, you know, the John is was
1: kind of telling me like he doesn't really build batteries for street cars. All his stuff is for drag racing. So, that's yeah. why like it doesn't even have any cooling. Uh yeah. and you know, in Hawaii I don't think I'll be using that and the truth is in drag racing, I'm hoping to make an 8 second pass. You're not going to you can't circulate your coolant through the system in 8 seconds. So, no. doing it for drag racing doesn't make any sense. I think there is and we will look into this kind of down the road um, to I will be recharging during passes just to top it off, um, and that maybe we would try to add some cooling there, maybe mm-hmm. some um, you know cooling system that can be connected and disconnected really quickly to bring the temperature down and recharge the batteries as quick as possible between passes. So instead of having to wait say forty five minutes between passes, you could get it down to. 15 minutes or 30 minutes, something like that. Um, but yeah, driving around on the street with, you know, the temperatures that I see here, you know, I don't live in Phoenix any longer, so I don't have to worry about extremely hot temperatures and there's not going to be any instance on the street where I'm on full power for eight seconds. Like I would be at the drag strip, you know, you're going to, on the street, you'll be lucky if you're on full power for more than three or four seconds. so I I can't at this point, I can't find a need for cooling um, based specifically on where I live and what I'm doing with the car. Now, if I get into a place where uh, I'm road racing, then, yeah, you'd probably need to add something uh, for that. But as it sits not for what we're doing.
0: Cool. No. Well, if you get into uh, more road racing or, hey, maybe they build a, a bigger track there. Um, you always have the plaid that has some cool in there.
1: Yeah, that's right. I would, uh, I'd love to, I hope they do build a track here. Um, it'd be wonderful and I'd love to, you know, run the plaid there or, you know, build something that's more focused on, you know, road racing instead of drag racing.
0: Yeah. Exciting times. Absolutely. Well, um, as we're wrapping up here, do you have any advice for folks who are just generally interested in EVs or or maybe want to embark upon building their own collection, cars or EVs or otherwise? Any words of wisdom from someone who's done so much?
1: Well, if anybody's hearing that, they're already, already taking the first step and that's listening to this podcast, you know, <laughs> or watching this video, you know, they're, they're already expanding their knowledge. Um, but man, I would say to anybody that's interested in doing this, don't be like me don't be so stubborn as far as doing your research. Um, because man, it's, it's the expensive way to do it. You know, I, I built this car once and I'm, like I said, I've thrown, I haven't really thrown it away, but it kind of feels like it when you tear all the wiring out and everything like that, that you're kind of throwing it away. The good news is I almost have a turnkey system for another vehicle, um, to be able to electric swap something else, uh, um, of a, you know, a daily driving type thing. I just need to, Mm -hmm basically at this point, buy another motor and, um, I'd have what, what I'd need. Um, but yeah, do your research, uh, spend the time on YouTube. Um, there's a number of forums. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to some of these guys. I love people reaching out to me. I always tell them like, Hey, I might not be the right guy for this, but I'll definitely try to help anyone. Cause like I said, the community is great. They still really want to see other people succeed on this, so just about everybody I've talked to has been willing to answer probably stupid questions that I should know the answer to. Um, but yeah, there's a, a wealth of information out there. Um, you know, watching Throttle build their 350Z that they did because that their setup is very similar to my original setup. They were using the same motor, same batteries, same um, BMS. So a lot of that stuff was the same. Um, and the same thing with Kevin, what he was doing, you know, his system was very similar to mine. I think he's running a hundred kilowatt battery pack, but
0: uh, so too.
1: I remember when those guys were building theirs, I felt like I was just a couple of months behind them because I was sitting there waiting for their next video and they, they released their next video on how to wire up the BMS. And it's like, Oh, this couldn't have got here, you know, <laughs> any better timing because I need to wire up my DMS and now I got to just sit there and watch their video, you know, 10 times over to really let it sink in. And, um, you know, then once I do that, it's like, okay, I got this issue. And then I can, can reach out to them with a, a question, but yeah, just if anybody's out there thinking about doing it, do your homework because it's not cheap. Unfortunately, that's still a, a big issue, but if you're willing to spend the money and spend the time, um, the information is out there you just gotta be willing to dig for it
0: well with any luck it'll be getting cheaper as more absolutely EVMs are putting out parts and i think it's really cool when we start looking at you know different batteries for the for the right use right you don't yes. like what you're doing right now you don't need a hundred kilowatt pack to Correct. have a yeah. car, track car and yeah. uh, so there's a lot more options to to build cars specific for the purpose and maybe not over-engineer them when they don't so
1: yeah absolutely you're 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 100 right about building the right car for what you're trying to do i don't need the the extra weight of hauling around 100 kilowatt hours of, of of range on the drag strip so you know that battery pack originally was you know just the wrong choice for what i'm trying to accomplish um and you're also right about the prices coming down i've seen that in in the drive units and the batteries already a price is dropping. And, um, you know, I think you can get away with doing this at a reasonable price, as long as you don't want everything under the sun. You know, I was at the, the old saying with the ice cars was, you know, uh, cheap, fast and reliable pick two. Yep. And, uh, I think the saying for me with EVs is cheap, fast and range pick two. Um, cause you don't get all three.
0: Yeah. I think you're at least totally not yet spot on. Yeah. Not yet. Batteries are going to get better. It's going to be yep. interesting when solid, uh, solid state actually hits whenever that does, it'll happen eventually. And we'll all be redoing the math and going like, Oh, wait a minute. Uh, I want those now.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a, you know, it's an exciting place to to be right now. Cause you see, I I read something every week about, uh, oh, there's this new battery breakthrough and here's this other technology that doesn't use lithium or, you know, it's like a salt battery, all these crazy things that, you know, I don't understand, but I just kind of look at it and say, now that everybody is behind this push, it used to be, you know, Tesla was behind this push and now all the major manufacturers are. And now that everybody's behind it, you are going to just have this this stuff grow so rapidly, I think. And in five to 10 years, we're going to have batteries that, you know, it's probably closer to 10 years, who knows, but you know, have half the weight of the battery, but have twice the amount of power in them. Um, and it's just going to continue to make it hard for anybody to look at an ICE vehicle and say that it is, on any level better than an ev and i still love my gas powered cars i will i will always love them but um it, it the the battery technology is really i think the one thing holding up the ev world right now um and one, once we have much better batteries and you're able to produce a a car that weighs you know 3,000, three thousand thirty five hundred 3500 pounds has 500 miles worth of range and a thousand horsepower it's it's how do you argue with that
0: how do you not want that
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah
0: i uh went into a little bit of a research rabbit hole um on reddit people smarter than me post there and so i was interested in like what's the theoretical uh power to kilowatt uh, or yeah power to weight of batteries and so there are some threads where people are talking about that. And my takeaway was that we're not, they can calculate the theoretical like efficiency and characteristics and chemistry of it, even though we can't build it right now, or it's not economical to build it. And they can, and so that shows like, oh, well, we actually have quite a long ways to go to to maximize these things out. We just need to keep building more. And then that incremental efficiency happens. Um, nice thing about batteries is you, once they're, not good for cars, you put them on the grid, you recycle them. they're now there they're they don't disappear like uh burning gas so yeah, um I thought that was pretty pretty exciting to to see
1: absolutely yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch, and then I think it's gonna be you know be so much more fun um modifying a former um gas power car to an e v in the future instead of now, because you're gonna have you know right now it's a struggle, you know, to, to find room. If you're gonna go, you know, if you want a, a good amount of range and you want to go with a, a 75 or higher kilowatt battery pack, physically finding the space to put that in an ice car is is a challenge.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so when we get this newer battery technology and the package is half the size, um, it's going to open up a lot more vehicles to, to being swapped and not having to give up so much, you know, like like a Miata, for instance, like I, mean, I know guys are swapping Miatas, but where yeah. do you put those batteries in those things? It forces you into a small battery pack. I don't I haven't seen anybody put a, you know, a Tesla pack in a Miata, and I, I hope I get to see it. Um, but I just don't know where in the world you'd put all that. Um, but yeah, in the future, I I think we will, we will get to see it because these packs will be smaller and and way more efficient.
0: Totally agree. Well, with that, I think, uh, I think we need to wrap up and I I can let you get back to, uh, back to working on that Supra. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. Yeah.
1: Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it.